On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between, this is Brewers Weekly. Here's Dominic Catronio. Oh, what a tough, tough week, to say the least. Look, you lose two out of three to the Cubs. You expected to lose two out of three against the Dodgers. But here you are with a crummy off. I mean, it was rainy today. There wasn't much excitement. You had a sad, quiet flight probably on the way back. Probably everyone just sleeping on the way home of a red-eye flight yesterday from Los Angeles. But man, you know, it's one of those weeks that you get tested, right, as a fan. You're like, man... I tweeted this last week against the Cubs when they were down and ended up winning that game on Sunday, saying, when you're down, when your team is losing, and you're trying to defend them case after case after case, this is the moment when it's tough to be a fan, right? I understand the difficulty that the Brewers have had, especially, of course, since the Josh Hader trade. But when you look at what the Brewers have talent-wise and what they have ahead of them, there is no reason to abandon ship yet. Yes, the Cardinals won today. Yes, the deficit is six games in the Central, but you have to look at the wild card. All that matters is getting in. Keep the streak alive for postseasons. That is the only concern of the Brewers. That is the only concern of Craig Council. Just win games. And I want to hear from you as well about what you think the Brewers need to do in these final 39 games. Yeah, It's going to be over in the blink of an eye. 39 games to go for the rest of the season as the Brewers prepare to take on the Cubs and the Pirates for a six-game homestand before going out west one more time to take on the Diamondbacks and the Rockies over Labor Day weekend next week. The Acunet Mortgage talk and text line is 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. 1620. We've got a lot to talk about. I've got some tweets. I've got a poll up there right now. A few more minutes left on that poll. Who do you think will be the most important player on the Brewers in these final 39 games? There are three options up there and a write in option Christian Yelich, Willie Adamas, Corbin Burns, or a write in. You can find that on my Twitter at Dom underscore Catronio. Just D O M underscore C O T, and it should pop up by then. If not, you know, Catronio, you know, yes, Italian, you get it. You're, you're used to it by now. Brewers got a big one coming up against the Cubs this weekend. And there's a lot of pessimism out there on social media saying, well, Dom, they're, they've got a sub-500 record against the Cubs. Yeah, they're 7-9 they're against the Cubs. Not expected in the slightest. But this is still an opportunity to wake up and show what you're made of. You are about to hit the last hard stretch of physical baseball. Not necessarily the quality of opponent, but this stretch of baseball coming up for the Brewers is the opportunity to create momentum. Yes, they have 18 games in 17 days. However, none of those 18 games are against current teams over 500. That's a great opportunity to get your mojo back. Yes, the Brewers have played up to the competition. They looked really, really bad these last two games against the Dodgers. Maybe this off day is exactly what they needed to get back on track. Listen to the upcoming opponents here for the Brewers. Three at home against the Cubs starting tomorrow. Three at home against the Pirates Monday through Wednesday. Four in Arizona against the Diamondbacks. Three in Colorado against the Rockies. Back home for the doubleheader against the Giants, part of the uh, rescheduled games from the lockout at the start of the season. 
And then three more games at home against the Cincinnati Reds. 18 games in 17 days. It can flip in the blink of an eye for what the Brewers need to do to get back on track. Right now, they're just two games out, essentially, of a wild card spot, depending on what the Padres do tonight, things of that nature. Yes, the Cardinals are probably running away with the Central right now. You've only got four more games head-to-head. And the fact that the deficit, by the time you see them again, you won't see them again until the end of this stretch. Because after this 18 games in 17 days, that's when your last gauntlet arrives. You'll have eight games against playoff teams. Two against the Cardinals at Bush Stadium. Three at home against the Yankees. And then three at home against the Mets. I'll explain why I'm not as scared of the Yankees in a little bit. But I want to have some folks participate here on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line. You're always welcome to call us as well. It's 855-616-1620. Getting to the text line right now. One fan says, thinks that the team has to go 26-13 and 13 to get to the wild card. That's a 667 winning percentage. That'd be very impressive to see them pull something like that off. Can they do it? Yes. Am I confident? No. That's from Chris in Waukesha. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for participating. I, I, don't, I don't know if 26 wins is the requirement. I think they can get away with 20. Um, and yes, it'd be, it'd be kind of tough. You know what? Maybe not 20. Maybe more like 22, 23 should get the job done. 26 is a lot of wins. It goes 667 down the stretch. But hey, we've seen Craig Timber happen before. It's right around the corner, right? Where the Brewers inexplicably get hot. I still believe the Brewers have a run in them. They played too well against the Dodgers to have the scores as lopsided as it was. And we're going to recap that series coming up here in just a second. But we got a lot to jump into. Coming up later in the show, we're going to talk about the minor leaguers that a lot of folks are you know, banging on the door to say, hey, why aren't you calling up Sal Freelick? Hey, why aren't you calling up Este Uri Ruiz? Where are these guys? Put them in center field. See what happens. We're going to explain why the Brewers are playing it slow. We're going to look ahead to the Cubs. And we're going to get you ready for this final home stretch. It's real now. I mean, it's going to be over. Like I said, it's going to be over before you know it. So it's going to be a lot easier to stick around and say, all right, let's see what they got over these next two weeks or so. And then say, all right, those eight games against the Cardinals, Yankees, and Mets, that might be the season. That might be the stretch of saying, okay, you are facing playoff teams. Go win those series. That's what's ahead of these Brewers. And I want your participation as well. You can tweet me. You can do the text line. we got plenty more show coming up. We're with you to the top of the hour here on Brewers Weekly on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. It was tough, but we're going to relive this series. Okay, this is Brewers Weekly. If you want to participate in the show, Again, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. I'm Dominic Catronio. You can follow me on Twitter at Dom underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. A few tweets to get to there as well. A few texts that are rolling in too. We want the Brewers fans' input. We want the real pulse of the team, not just a guy shouting at you on the radio. But we are going to have to talk about this tough weekend that just happened, or at least the tough week in Los Angeles. Beautiful Chavez Ravine. If you've never been to Dodger Stadium, put it on your list next year. We are going to talk about the 2023 schedule coming up later in the show as well. Balanced schedule. Everybody's going to see everybody. That will be a lot of fun. But three games in Los Angeles. Things got exciting, then deflating, and then even more deflating. But let's go back to Monday night. Both ends of the spectrum, Monday and Tuesday, of what the Brewers can do as a team. On Monday... 
We saw a great defense from a very unexpected source. 3-1. Line drive into left. Coming on is Yelich. It'll drop in front of him. Around third is Turner. Here's the throw home. And the Brewers will get him at the plate. Yelich. Yep. Lane Grindle on the call. Christian Yelich threw out a guy at home plate. And that really catapulted the Brewers forward in that game. It was only his second outfield assist of the season. He obviously had the really tough throw last week against the Dodgers. A great rebound for him. And then a man who wasn't even in the starting lineup made a massive impact with the bat on Monday night. From the stretch, left-hander, 3-2. Hit high in the air in the left field. This is deep. Taylor sprinting back onto the track to the wall. See you later. Luis Surias off the bench. It's a home run in the fourth inning to put the Brewers on the board first. Josh Maurer on the call there. The Brewers would actually go on to shut out the Dodgers. Yes, it's in them. A 4-0 shutout. Eric Lauer with his seventh career win against Los Angeles. Now, the crew had a chance to get greedy. You're thinking, oh my goodness, Corbin Burns is on the mound? They can win the series with Corbin on the mound and steal a series from Los Angeles? Well, the Dodgers really didn't care about the reigning Cy Young's accolades. 2-2 to Thompson. High fly ball, deep left. Yelich going back to the warning track, and it is gone. A three-run blast for Trace Thompson. Yep, Trace for three. Wrong sport, but same concept, if you get what I'm saying there. A three-run homer. They never looked back in that one. The Dodgers absolutely dominated on Tuesday. Tony Gonsolin. I, I, you know what? Let me quick rant. MLB Network was parading this guy's the front runner for the Cy Young. This guy's the front runner. He's gonna Sandy Alcantara is the front runner for the Cy Young. And the Brewers will see the Marlins the last series of the year. So they're really hoping they're not gonna see Sandy Alcantara in that last series if it is gonna matter for the Brewers. But Tony Gonson's a five and dive. And yes, I know that the Dodgers are up twenty something games in their division. They don't need him to go long. I want to see him a third time through the order. And if their bullpen isn't healthy enough coming up into the postseason. It's going to be very interesting for what the Dodgers have to do, given the health of their starting rotation. Anyway, I digress. Brewers get blown out in Game 2. 10-1, to only four hits in the game. Both teams had a position player pitching at the end of the game. But yet still, after all of that, a win over the Dodgers on Wednesday would give them their first road series win in the month of August, and it would claim the season series over the Dodgers. The Dodgers haven't even lost a series in the second half. And the Brewers got off to a perfect start. It only took three pitches for the heartbeat of the Brewers, Willie Adamas, to make an impact. Here's a high fly ball out to right. Back goes Betts at the track, at the wall. Bye-bye baseball. Willie Adamas goes opposite field for his 25th of the year, and the Brewers are on the board. It's one to nothing. He continues to chase down the kid for the most home runs as a Brewer shortstop in franchise history. The record he is chasing is 29. So a 1-0 lead for the Brewers. Adrian Hauser pitching in his first game in nearly two months in the big leagues due to a right flexor strain in his elbow. And, well, the Dodgers, well, they were the Dodgers against Adrian Hauser. And the pitch. Line drive down the right field line. That's going to get down. Three hops into the glove of Renfro. Freeman is in. Turner is in. They're going to hold Gallo at third. And Bellinger into second with a two-run double. And it's 4-1 to Los Angeles. They would really never look back. Plus, they force Adrian Hazard to throw nearly 40 pitches in that first. The Brewers are already behind the eight ball, expecting a short start from Hauser in his recovery from his flexor strain. 
The Brewers, though, did show some life. They punched back in the third inning to make this a little closer of a contest. Swing of a line drive poked into right center field. That'll fall for a base hit. Splits the gap and rolls all the way to the fence. Racing around third is Willie Adamas. Relay to the plate from Muncie, not in time. Willie, a foot first slide safely into home. Hunter Renfro and Willie Adamas put the team on their back yesterday. They were the only Brewers with multiple hits in the game. In fact, Willie Adamas came a triple shy of the cycle in this game, but nonetheless, the Dodgers were there once again to respond. 1-1 pitch. Gala rips it inside the bag at first. Down into the right field corner. It'll plate two more from third Freeman. Justin Turner from second crosses home. It's a two-run double for Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo, I know a lot of folks were saying, oh, the Brewers should have got Joey Gallo. He's left-handed. He wasn't going to face lefties. Joey Gallo wouldn't have even been in the starting lineup yesterday because Andrew Heaney, the southpaw, was pitching against the Brewers. Okay? We can talk about trade stuff at a later date, but the trade deadline has come and passed. It's time to move on about the fact that the Brewers didn't get a bat. It happened. And in this game, that's all really the Dodgers needed. They would play six straight runs to balloon the lead to 10-2, evaporating any hope of a comeback in this one for the Brewers. The final was 12-6. There were some garbage time runs in there that had no impact on this game. And for the second straight night, position players close out the game. Pablo Reyes, he tossed an EFIS pitch for a strike at 39 miles an hour. That was a fun moment. That's something that you and I can do, Justin. Throw a strike at 39 miles an hour if the guy's taking a strike. That was a fun moment despite the loss. He only needed nine pitches to get a 1-2-3 eighth inning. So the Brewers dropped the final two games of that series to the Dodgers. They're 65-58 and 58 on the season, and still virtually two games back of a playoff spot in the wild card. We've got some texts lining in. Uh, we've got a call coming in as well. We're going to get to those, get to you guys in just a second here as we roll on with Brewers Weekly on your home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers have a massive opportunity in this six-game homestand coming up. We're talking about it in this segment, talking about who you think will be impact players. We're talking about what it will take for the Brewers to make the postseason, if you believe they will make the postseason in these final 39 games. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Weekly. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. We want to get to Dave. You've been waiting patiently, Dave. You think they don't have it for the offense right now. What makes you think that? You know what? I actually just flip-flopped since I called in. I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? I, the thing I think they're missing is that big bat, but, I mean, Craig Council and the team have done it the past three years. I was just thinking, like, if Christian Yelich gets going, which I really think he is, he's just been – he's just really due right now. And I think if they have a solid, like, lineup, but I think they just need that big bat to come through. And I think – I mean, we're all disappointed as fans, which disappointment means we think they can do better – and on paper, they have a pretty good team. So, I I mean, I think the only hope right now for them at this point is a wild card. But in a three-game series with Corbin Burns, Eric Lauer, and um, Brandon Woodruff pitching, I think we have a pretty good chance. I agree entirely, Dave. Thanks for your input. Thanks for listening and seeing the light about flip-flopping that this team does have offensive talent. There are times that it disappears. That's a fair critique right now. But we saw it right before the trade deadline. This team was playing its best baseball against the Rockies and the Red Sox. Remember, go back to Fenway at the end of July. How fun was that? 
hearing Let's Go Brewers chants at Fenway Park. At Fenway Park. You got to say it like that, right? You got to say it with the real Beaner Boston accent. You know, Bean Eaters is their old name. So Fenway Park. When you look at what the Brewers are doing in that stretch, they weren't just relying on the home run ball. Hunter Renfro was on fire. And they were hitting doubles. They were working walks. Then the big hit would come. That's the offense the Brewers are looking for. Maybe one or two homers a game, and they would like to hit some more doubles, I think. And then trying to find some sustainable walks, offense, more consistency top to bottom in this order. Not so much 7 8 9 has been a tough stretch right now for the Brewers. I think with Christian Yelich, as Dave said, he, he is not going to be looked to as the 2019 Christian Yelich. Brewers fans are well aware of that. I think he's well aware of that too. Putting him in a leadoff spot, might have been what's keeping the Brewers afloat during times that everybody else was really scuffling for the Brew Crew. Having Christian Yelich doing something at the top of the order, because Colton Wong has not been the same this year at the top of the order. He's been injured a lot this year. He has not been playing well against lefties. He's better as of late, better in the second half, and much better defense lately too. But Christian Yelich, understanding his role now is, hey, get on base and steal a bag. That's who you are right now. And if something changes in the next two years, awesome. And I've seen some negativity comparing him to Jacoby Ellsbury already. Let's not overreact yet. We've still got plenty of time. Something can click. Something can change. Just got to let the dude play ball, okay? I want to get to the text line. If you want to participate in the show, again, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line, you can give us a call like Dave. You can text us as well, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. You can tweet me at Dom underscore Catronio. That's D-O-M underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. Doug on the text line thinks they need at least 87 wins to get to the wild cards, which would be 22-17. and 17. That can be done. But I'm only seeing 85 wins, and the most important player is Adamas. I agree about the 22 wins. I don't. I think they can get past 85. I think 22 wins of these final 39 should get the job done, at least be in the hunt to do it. What may happen, and we'll, we'll remind this until we're blue in the face, the Brewers do not have the tiebreaker over neither the Phillies nor the Padres. So if in the event that they end up with an identical record, 85 and 77, say all three of those teams end up with an 85 and 77 record, the Brewers are the team on the outside looking in for those final two playoff spots. Because we know the first wild card spot is going to go to the team in second place in the NL East, whether it's the Mets or whether it's the Braves. Then it's going to come down to, will the Padres be the second wild card? Will the Brewers somehow get hot and be the second wild card? Or will the Phillies, despite all their injuries they're dealing with right now, they just play Zach Wheeler on the injured list. Yes, they're getting Bryce Harper back, but Wheeler's on the injured list. Injured list. They lost old friend Corey Knable. They lost their closer. They're going to have a tough sled. And the Padres, they've got nine more games head-to-head with those Dodgers the Brewers just got through. Nine more with the Dodgers. Nine times, if you can name the movie. It's not over. 39 games, a lot can happen in 39 games. It's not a lot of time. You can blink and you go 24 and 15 in that stretch, and another team suddenly goes maybe not that bad of something like 19 and 20. Uh, you just blink and that's six games gained. It doesn't seem like a big disparity, but that's the kind of stretch that the Brewers are going to be looking for here in the month of September, which is just right around the corner a week away. Remember Craig Timber a couple of years ago? That was a lot of fun, right? Brewers on their epic run to try to make it into the postseason. Back in uh, 2019, 20 and 7 
in September in 2019. 2018, they were 19 and 7, 20 and 7 if you include October. There's a track record. They've done it before. And until they say, you know what, this is it. You know, this team's not going to do it. They've got the pitching to do it. And like Dave said, every other team would be terrified to see Corbin Burns, Eric Lauer, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, Devin Williams, Matt Bush lined up against you, and maybe a healthy Aaron Ashby in the bullpen. Just get in. That's all that matters. Just get in. We've got more to talk about. We're going to talk about Keston here, and we're going to talk about your participation on the poll that I had on Twitter that just closed out. Some interesting results on who's going to be the most important player for the Brewers here down the stretch. Don't go anywhere on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. You know, we we lost the last two games. It it doesn't you necessarily matter who you're who you're playing we're, we're just looking for wins and trying to trying to put wins you know on our ledger so you know unable to do it the last two days that's the man in charge craig timber is on the way craig council just talking about winning just win baby win that's all that matters for the brewers doesn't matter who it's against doesn't matter the quality of opponent if the brewers can add all up on october 5th when the season ends Wins are all that's going to matter. And that's why standings, you can get lost looking at the standings right now. Oh my goodness, they're six games back of the Cardinals. Oh my goodness, they're two games back of the Padres. Oh no, look, look at the calendar. It's August 25th. Okay, there's urgency, but today's standings don't mean the season is over. We have seen epic collapses over the years in baseball. We've seen the Mets collapse. We see what the Yankees are doing right now. Not that they're going to lose the East, but the Yankees are a very, very good team. Do not mistake me for what I'm about to say. But the Yankees are just 15 and 25 since July 9th. 15 and 25. Good teams go in slumps. It happens. The Brewers are in a slump. And that lineup that the Yankees are having and their issues, Aaron Boone slamming the table, trying to fire his guys up, you're never going to hear. Craig Council isn't wired like that. He's a calm, cool, collected, very diplomatic, if you will, of just, hey, I don't need to slam on the table to get my guys fired up. They know what's expected of them. If you think Craig Council needs to slam on a table to make it clear to the clubhouse to say, oh, they need to win, they need to get going. No, the clubhouse knows that. They're all adults in that room. I'm not knocking Aaron Boone from doing it. Maybe that's what his clubhouse needed. You know, a, a kick in the rear end. That's what got them going, perhaps. As Again, they're 10 games under 500 since July 9th. It happens to good teams. And the Brewers can try to reverse the script here in the final couple, a uh, month and a half or so. A little less than that. I mean, the season's going to be over in the blink of an eye. I mean, the season's so close to being over that we have the 2023 schedule out as well. More on that coming up in the final segment here on Brewers Weekly after uh, our break. But I want to talk about these uh, Twitter responses that I've got on, on my poll that I had earlier today. Dom underscore Catronio. You can also join in here on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. I simply said, who do you think will be the most important player down the stretch and why? The options were Christian Yelich, Willie Adamas, Corbin Burns, or a write-in. The majority was Christian Yelich, 42% of the vote. However, I want to share a few of the write-in responses, and one that jumped out to me was Keston Hira. He can be a difference maker with his energy in the lineup consistently. I agree. Keston Hira is kind of a wild card right now for what the Brewers got going on. 
He obviously had a great two-homer day in the finale against the Cubs. He's starting to see him perform a little more against left-handers, despite his career reverse splits. That's going to be the only way he stays on the lineup. Brewers are going to face some lefties. You're going to say Justin Steele again tomorrow, who's been the Brewers' kryptonite. Left-handers. You know how it goes with the Brewers and seeing a lefty. But when you look at Keston Hira, since being sent back down to AAA right before the end of the first half, right near the All-Star break, uh, and if you go back to July 1st, he had a handful of games in the big leagues. Then he gets moved back down to AAA. He hasn't played a whole lot since July 1st overall between AAA and the big leagues. But let me read you his stat line here. Over his last 96 plate appearances between the big leagues and AAA, 27 games. His average is 288. His on base is 406. His slugging is 688 which makes his OPS over 1,000, 1094. He's got 10 homers. He's got 13 walks. That's not a sentence we say often with Keston Hira. Walks. He's seeing the ball better. He's being a bit more patient. Yes, the strikeouts are a little high, but that's normal for Keston. You're used to that by now. 29 strikeouts in 80 total at-bats, so that's a little more than a third of his at-bats have ended in strikeouts, which is slightly less than a season average of about 42% of a K rate, which is not great. But hey, in the three-true outcome world that we live in, when Keston hits the ball hard, and giving kudos to Keston here about the swing adjustments he's made, you've you've heard the guys talk about it here on WTMJ, that closing off his stance, keeping the hands a little bit higher, he's eliminated the big leg kick. Seems like getting rid of leg kicks has worked for multiple guys now, just like Christian Yelich earlier in the year. He has done everything the Brewers have asked of him to do, and performed, and delivered. It's been great to see from Keston. Really encouraging stuff to see if he's going to continue to play against righties. He becomes a dangerous bench bat against righties, even though with the reverse splits. I really like that response. Uh, Another one says Corbin Burns. And I was kind of surprised. Burns by a mile, this Twitter user says. They basically need to win all of his starts. And he needs to be on the top of his game going into the playoffs. And yes, I think they'll get in. And the same goes for Woodruff. When it comes to Burns, remember, there's only so much he can control. He can't control how much run support he's getting. Granted, Burns has been the anti-Woodruff this year. Last year was Brandon Woodruff not getting any run support. This year, it's been Corbin Burns. And you flip or flip it, I should say. Last year was Corbin Burns not getting any, any run support. This year, it's been Brandon Woodruff not getting any run support. And Brandon Woodruff's been a brand new pitcher since coming off the IL. He's been phenomenal for the Brewers. You'll see him this weekend against the Cubs with his exploding fastball. He's going to be a huge piece down the stretch. But Burns, he finally had a clunker. He's probably not going to win the Cy Young. Uh, he's not going to go back-to-back. He was due for a clunker like this. The cutter command hasn't quite been there all year. He threw a lot of cutters. Curveball wasn't working well on Tuesday night against the Dodgers. They waited him out. It's a catch-22 with Corbin Burns when teams get the scouting report. Team C, oh man, he makes his chase. He has the best whiff rate in baseball. More teams swing and miss against him than any other pitcher in baseball. But... At the same time, he's going to swing, get you to swing and miss in the zone and out of the zone. Nobody throws more pitches out of the zone than Corbin Burns because he gets you to swing and misses at pitches that look like they're a strike then end up out of the zone. And I think the Dodgers were well aware of that, laying off of tough pitches, staying very patient against him. The Brewers were kind of surprised by getting a taste of their own medicine, waiting out teams, waiting out pitchers, making them work. Corbin was on the edges, the Dodgers made him pay, and then one mistake, Trace Thompson, they never looked back. So I I don't disagree with the Corbin Burns take, but it's not totally on Corbin. Another, uh, Kevin says on Twitter, 
Yelich was signed to be the yank, the anchor of this lineup. He's so far below being a star now. He's basically Jacoby Ellsbury, like we said a moment ago. The most important player down the stretch is Devin Williams. They cannot afford to blow late leads, especially given the drama after Hader. When it comes to Yelich, look, he ain't going anywhere. Not anytime soon. So what you're getting out of him in the leadoff spot is more than you got out of him in the last two years. And the underrated fact about Yelich, he's been playing every day virtually. He's been healthy, as far as we know. The Brewers have made sure to get him the rest, like with DH days when they need it. He has been a massive boost for the Brewers coming up for uh, this final home stretch because he's getting on base. The leadoff profile fits better for the guy that likes to draw walks as opposed to a three-hole hitter that is looked on to drive in runs. Putting Adamas two or three or putting Telez two or three. And when Hunter Renfro gets hot, it takes a lot of the pressure off of Rowdy and it takes a lot of the pressure off of Andrew McCutcheon. You see how this trickle-down effect goes? So when it comes to Christian Yelich being the most important player, I, I agree because he does set the table for the Brewers, and he has been hitting the ball hard as of late. But in regards to Devin Williams, look at this weekend against the Dodgers. He didn't get into a single game, including the game they won, because they got out to a 4 nothing lead. You can't say Devin Williams is the most important player because there's not a guarantee he's even going to pitch in the game. I think you do have to go with a bat, given the struggles of how many close games they've played, how many games have been tied or within a run or two in the 6th, 7th, 8th innings. This bullpen is stressed out, how much they've been used. Hobie Milner is already he's, Hobie Milner has thrown more this year than he has since 2018 combined. He's running out of gas. Brad Boxberger's running out of gas just because of how much they've been required to be used. It's a lot. It's weighing on them right now. But... All that doesn't matter. There's only four more off days. Again, it is going to be over before you know it. And the Brewers will need a fifth starter. Adrian Hauser is going to make another start. He ain't going anywhere with Aaron Ashby on the IL. We're going to look at some minor leaguers. We're going to look ahead at the 2023 schedule. we got plenty more to go. We're going with you to the top of the hour till 9 o'clock here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Catch more Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. We are rolling on to the top of the hour, Brewers Weekly. I'm Dominic Catronio, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Justin Pottinger on the ones and twos, picking the rejoin music for you as well. He's fist pumping to that. I don't know if this is a fist pumping song, buddy. Okay, anyway. We got the 2023 schedule out because every other sport, it's like an event when... The schedule comes out. Whereas in baseball, what we do is we just drop it in the middle of the week. So, hey, hey, here's next year's schedule in case you're wondering if you guys want it. You know, every other one, it's like it's the whole event of, hey, hey, the NFL schedule. We know the opponents. We don't know the dates. We know the Packers are going to London. We know there's a whole date. There's a whole ordeal. NBA, same thing. We just found out the Bucks schedule a couple weeks ago. Well, we have the 2023 schedule nonetheless. And the beautiful thing about this 2023 schedule is you will play every single team. It's balanced. You're only going to play 13 games against each of your divisional opponents. I like that. I know there's some older folks who say, oh, you, you should only play your league and your division. Very rarely go outside of your division. I, I don't think that matters anymore. We want to see the best of the best. And think about it right now. If the Brewers were only facing the Cubs and the Reds and the Pirates and, and the Cardinals, you would be sick of them too from an entertainment product. 
This is more fun. And looking at the schedule, you're going to see some teams that you haven't seen in Milwaukee in a long time. The one that instantly jumped out to me, April 28th to 30th, the Los Angeles Angels coming to American Family Field, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. First time since 2016 the Angels will be here in Milwaukee. That will be a lot of fun. I love, I mean, I if you haven't been to spring training, by the way, do it. It's awesome. You can see multiple games on any given day. Everything in the Cactus League is within an hour of each other. Very easy to get around. So I've been lucky enough to see some Mike Trout, some Shohei Otani over the last few years. And oh man, you guys got to see Shohei Otani. And I know some folks are, oh, I'm sick of seeing all the Shohei coverage. I'm sick of seeing the Aaron Judge coverage. We're going to see Aaron Judge here in about a month. There's a reason they're getting the coverage. They are legit. Aaron Judge just saw him this past week with TBS working uh, with BA and working with the TV crew with TBS on Tuesday. Aaron Judge, he hit a home run at Yankee Stadium against the Mets. I think I thought the stadium was shaking. It was amazing. Shohei Otani. The big thing about Shohei, he's huge. He's like 6'5", and he can fly. He can steal bases. He'll hit triples. He led baseball in triples last year, and he was the MVP. I mean, I think the MVP in the American League is going to be fascinating. We know the National League's locked up. The National League is Paul Goldschmidt. I will take no further questions at this time. It is Paul Goldschmidt. The American League is probably going to be Judge. But what Otani is doing is arguably just as good as what he was doing last year. Yes, he's on a non-contending team, but all six finalists, AL and NL last year, were on teams that didn't make the playoffs. Shohei obviously didn't make the playoffs last year, won the MVP. It's not really a bugaboo anymore, right? It's not the end of the world if you're going to win the MVP like Bryce Harper last year on the Phillies. They had a collapse. They didn't win it. They've got a chance to maybe have that happen again, but I think Paul Goldschmidt is going to win in the National League. I wonder how many votes Sandy Alcantara is going to get as an MVP, even though he's a pitcher. Uh, Austin Riley, I think, is probably going to be second. Pete Alonso should get some love, but I'm intrigued to see what Sandy Alcantara does. But back to the schedule. Some teams that haven't been here in a while. Red Sox will come here in April. Houston will come here in May, former AL Central. Uh, shout out to the uh, their move to the AL. Baltimore will come here for the first time since 2017. The Oakland A's will come here for the first time since 2016. And some notable trips. The Brewers will go to Seattle. I'm excited about that. They'll go to Toronto. And they'll go to New York. As in the Yankees, of course. Not the Mets. But I digress. What, what are you most excited about? We'll get to your... Tweets into your text here in just a second in the final segment. 855-616-1620 is the talking text line. 855-616-1620. Quickly here as we get ready to wrap up the show. The minor leaguers. The young guys. Este Uri Ruiz. Sal Freelich. Those guys. We'll wrap up the show talking about when they're coming. What to expect. And why the Brewers haven't called them yet. We get ready to wrap up the show after this on WTMJ. Getting ready to wrap things up from Brewers Weekly. We won't be with you on Brewers Weekly for a while, actually. The Brewers are going to play on a lot of Thursdays, a lot of Thursday night games coming up here. We won't have another Brewers Weekly for another uh, three weeks, if I'm not mistaken. There's a Thursday off day we got coming up on the docket in September. Thanks to everybody who's participated today. What I'm most excited about for the upcoming series, I'm excited for the A's to come to town as a West Coast guy. A's got some family affiliations there, if you weren't already familiar. 
Um, but also, I, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for the big ones. You know, the Red Sox. I'm a sucker for the Yankees. Kind of beat up on the big boys, you know? What are they doing over there in Milwaukee? How do they keep winning? And then they see Corbin Burns for the first time. They see Devin Williams for the first time. I'm all for that. Sign me up for that. Quickly here. The minor league guys. You may see the epic slash line that Sal Freelich and Este Uri Ruiz are putting together right now in the minor leagues. Sal Freelich, ever since getting promoted to AAA, last year's first-round pick, he's hitting over 400. He's got nearly a 500 on base, nearly 1,000 OPS. He has walked more than he has struck out in AAA. But no, do not expect him to be in the big leagues this year. If you're going to pick an outfielder get called up, it's going to be Este Uri Ruiz because he is already on the 40-man roster. Sal can make things very interesting next spring training as a non-roster invitee. But Este Uriuriz is already on the 40-man. It makes the most sense for him because you acquired him midseason, and he's performing well in Nashville. He's up to a 333 batting average. He's got six doubles there. Uh, he's, his strikeouts went up a little bit. Keep an eye on that. He's got eight stolen bases overall in the season. He's got 68 steals. Who doesn't want that? So if anyone's going to get called, I imagine it would be Ruiz. Tomorrow, the Brewers and the Cubs. Coverage begins at 6 o'clock with Brewers warm-up with Greg Matzik. I've got you for extra innings. I'm Dominic Catronio. For our producer, Justin Pottinger, thanks for listening and keep on swinging.